Welcome back. So I wanted to carry on with my last podcast about physical issues um, that can affect one's mental health and just trying to understand who you are as a person. Um, I've got two issues which um, I want to talk about in this podcast. They are completely different topics um, but I I don't feel it's justified me making two separate um, podcasts where I can just bring them um, into this one and just seg- uh, segment them um, as I go along. So for the first topic um, again it's to do with um, something physical on me so I spoke before about um, uh, an, an issue I had with my back, two issues I got I had with my back, and sort of the the effects of that, and how that has um, come to play its part in in um, my way of thinking now, in terms of like my mental health and how it gets me down, um, and things like um, and I know I've, I've mentioned before, um, I believe I've mentioned before in an earlier podcast about the changing of weathers. It's October here uh, at the moment in the UK. So, <clears throat> you know, UK weather, it's, it's starting to get quite cold. The, the nights are slowly creeping in. Um, and you can, uh, it's typical autumn weather, you know, it's, uh, it's just getting prepared that, you know, there's all loads of cold and horribleness on, on the horizon. So that does, definitely does play a part in, uh, my mental health because I don't want to go outside a lot you know I'll coop myself up indoors and that if um anyone knows if it's been raining for a few days you don't want to go out you do coop yourself up in, in inside it does play with you know you play with your head a little bit so if you can understand that you can kind of understand uh how it feels like for those people who don't like winter and the cold and just want to stay inside all the time, it does kind of throw you out of sync. Um, but what I wanted to talk about is um, I is is a physical uh, issue that I have, I have um, something called Reynolds 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 uh, syndrome condition. Um, not sure which which of those you really want to call it, but basically it's. Um, it's a condition uh, where there's a circulation problem uh, in 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 the body. So I know this is a common thing generally. I know if you're outside in the cold too long, you know your hands get cold, your ha- your feet get cold, and you know it, you know they, they stiffen up, they get bluey, you know whatever. Um, and everyone has that. Everyone suffers that. That's nothing. You know I, I'm gonna shout home about. But for me, this isn't just subjected to me for winter time. It's it. This is a yearly problem. Although for the most part, summer does help. Um, but for me, the slightest bit of cold, and I feel it. It's definitely my feet that feel it first. You know, I've got quite spindly bony hands so you know it doesn't take long for them to get cold and you know my fingernails will go blue you know quite noticeably not like blue blue but you know that's all pale blue really you know cold 
you know, and I, I will find it hard to bend my fingers and write properly. And, you know, it, it's, um, it does become annoyance, a bit of annoyance in the, in the end of the day. So, but, but what might I get is my feet are probably the worst. Now I can wear multiple socks, you know, and I can wear them in bed. I can wear them wherever, and my feet will still be ice cold. You know, there have been times when I've gotten into a boiling hot bath and a boiling hot shower, where I will get out and I'll be red as a lobster. I'll be steaming, but my hands and my feet will still be pale and bluish because they just they just can't heat up. You know, unless I've really, really, really submerged myself for a long period of time, but then you just go wrinkling horrible, and it's it's just not nice. But whenever, whenever my feet get cold, it makes me cold. Like my, I can feel it in my in my body, in my bones. You know, I get cold. You know, and like today, it's been a bit of a breezy day. It's a bit chilly outside. I wouldn't say it's massively cold, but it's it's a it's one of those all brisk uh, coldness where you, you know you need something else on like a jumbo just to to deal with it. And yeah, I mean I've had a, I've had a jumper on today, but my feet got cold. Well, as they got cold, they woke up cold. I woke up cold with them, but throughout the day, you know, I do my bits and bobs trying to ignore it. But <clears throat> it got to early afternoon and my feet were just frozen and so I got really really cold so I would walk around with a jumper on and then I came down I had to come down with my dressing gown as well just to try and keep some heat in my body and it's not even winter time yet it's you know it's October this is mild weather but you know it's um it does really really affect day-to-day life. I mean, a couple of years back when um, I was working long-term somewhere, again, I'm not going to mention um, what these places are, but I was outside a lot and it would be continuous inside, outside, you know, depending upon what this person or people wanted to do. And that's great in terms of like physical exercise and keeping yourself going. But when you feel the cold all the time, you know, I was to, at the time, um, it's not really an easy place to drive to. So I wasn't driving there. So I'd have to get public transport. That's the, you know, the train. And unlike some stations and some trains where the doors will stay closed if no one's getting on or off um, the platform, <clears throat> my train line, every door will open. So no matter where you are, who's getting, who's getting on or off, the cold will come in, you know, and you'll just get a face full of it. And it's... Um, when you're, where well, you've woken up cold, you're walking down to the station, it's cold, you, you, you know, you're huddled up against people, you know, you're getting all the germs and everything, but, you know, you, you get those warmth of someone and suddenly when the doors open, you get cold again, then you've got to get off the train, then you've got to walk to work after that and you're still cold and then, you know, you try and warm yourself up with hot drinks and then you got to work so far because, you know, you, you, it doesn't sort of last forever, you get that sort of, initial oh that's nice and suddenly oh okay it's ending now I'm cold again <clears throat> but you don't have the luxury to always wrap yourself up because you've got to be on your, on your on your feet all the time you know, you've got to be on your toes and so you know you, you spend your entire day cold and then you've got to do the whole journey getting home again still cold you get home 
you know, you have a shower to try and warm you up, but you're so cold, especially like my hands and feet, that, you know, out, outward appearances, I look warm, but in, in me, I'm cold. You know, and I spend the evening relatively cold, you know, and I wrap myself up in, in bed, and I'll have like a really, really thick winter duvet just to try and keep some heat in me. And they, you know, when you do a odd days doing that, fine, okay, you can manage that. But when it's day in, day out, you know, you, the weekends I wouldn't go out because it's my only task to actually get warm and stay warm relatively. So, you know, I used to just go to work, deal with five days of just constant cold, come home, have the weekend where I won't see anyone, you know, and it's just, you know, you save money up, great, but you have no social life because you're so fed up with just being cold all the time that, you know, it's like, like I said earlier, when you, you don't go out because it's raining, you know, day in, day out, it, it does really start, start to play on you and it does change your way of thinking. And it just, it, after so long, unless I'm absolutely dedicated to trying to do something where I'll try and push all that to the back of my mind, I can't not ignore it, you know, and it does play on me. And I, I after so long, you know, that, and the changing of the seasons, you know, the darkness that comes quite early here in the UK in the winter months, you know, it's, um, you know, four o'clock and it's pitch black, you know, and you believe in work, it's pitch black. You go to work in the morning, it's pitch black and, you know, you spend all day in the sunshine cold as it is, if there is sunshine. But it, it, it got to a stage a couple of years back where it just got too much for me and I, I, I crashed. It was my first part of my first real major mental crash in terms of like a health problem. You know, I, I know I had issues before um, talking about my problems with shoes and the um, the effects that other people had on me from that. And then with my drinking and relationships involved, I look at that as being a separate issue because that was, I had so many different factors going on. This, this one, this first real mental crash for me, I, you know, I didn't really have a plan in place, you know, after this one for, you know, continuing jobs and, you know, I just wanted to stay at home and just hibernate, you know, and I, I just didn't see like a day for days on end, you know, I'd just be in a dark room because I just couldn't face the world and the disappointment of, of people that, you know, again, you, you look back to family histories and people say, oh, you know, this person served in the war. Um, you know, put all the, all the hardships they've gone through, and then you 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 can't escape that because it's in my generation you hear that quite often because grandparents who fought in the war are still relatively you know close, you know to 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 your heart and to your stories and to family togetherness. So you hear all these all this bravado, and then suddenly you look at yourself and you think, I just I can't I'm I'm feeling crap because I just can't handle the cold, you know, and it does make you feel like a prophetic person, you know, it does, again, that message with your head as well. So you just end up, you just, I end up feeling like a failure. And even now, I still find trouble with that. You know, it's gotten easier because I've been able to have this experience now about how my mind works and what, all my triggers are but it doesn't help the fact that you know it, this is part of me and it, you know it's just about finding your way around things but sometimes you do hit that 
pick a couple of that little roadblock and suddenly you're up shit creek again and you just can't don't know what to do to to progress yourself and you know I, I haven't got anything in place to help me with my Raynards because it's not nothing that can really be cured you know I, I can do things to help you know just try and keep my feet warm or my hands warm all the time like heat mats I just wear loads of socks that doesn't always help but you know it's a uh, exercise pumps the blood around the body and that's what you know, can help. So I do try and do that where I can, but then I've got my other health issues, such as, you know, my back to think about, my legs to think about. And, uh, it, you know, it's, it's one thing after another that you think, Christ, I'm literally falling apart and I can't do nothing about it because every time I do something, I hurt. And so that, that has an effect. And then you see all the other people around you who are just ignorant and can't understand what you're going through because they can't, they've never suffered it themselves. And then, you, you know, you just think, oh, just go away and leave me alone because of your perfect life. Even though they're probably not perfect, but they make it seem like that way and it just irritates you more. You know, and you realise, talking about all this, I've, I've realised how, as I've said before, fragmented my life is. And it, it, it's, it's opened my eyes to how this could actually be common for so many people, that life isn't whole even though it's broken down into separate bits those little bits can be you know impure or cracked or you know whatever you want to sort of analogy you want to put to it but you know it's uh, it's been interesting to see how life is um not the greatest, if that makes sense. And, you know, like there's always something that's going to be wrong or multiple things are going to be wrong. Nothing, life isn't straightforward, you know, on, on a simple track. You know, it's always going to be a, an odd route get, you know, to get somewhere, where, wherever that somewhere is. Um, so, yeah, that's uh, that's the point I wanted to make on other sort of physical, my physical side. So, um, if I, again, if I, if I think of anything else, to um, come, with, come with that. I'll mention it in a further podcast. But I want to move on to something which is partially and probably a bit controversial. Even though this whole thing, this podcast series, is a bit controversial, but we'll ignore that. Um, it's something I was on the same job I was talking about, where I, you know, um, in my last segment, um, where you, you know, I'm not going to mention where it is, but I used to work at this place. And um, there used to be quite a few autistic people there. And there was an article I read one morning. It was um, put on our, uh, one of, you know, some of our tables. And um, it was a, it was a published article. It wasn't just something you find in the newspaper. It came from like a medical journal um, about theories and um, how to help you understand how to deal with like, autistic people. And... It struck me as interesting because I haven't, not because I haven't read anything like it before, but it made me realise myself a bit. And I weren't, I weren't just the only person to notice this. I had another colleague who um, mentioned the same sort of things uh, as well. But what it was is the fact that we we look at some people who are born with autism as, oh, you know, they're. <laughs> 
separate to us. Um, I know that's the wrong term to use, but, you know, because they're still humans, there's nothing wrong with them. They're just wired up a little bit differently. But in terms of this um, example, let's look at, you know, you just think of it as, you know, they're, they're different in the sense that they're wired up, they're, you know, they're separate from us because we, we, we consider ourselves um, the mainstream, so to speak, you know, it's... um. And for the record, I have nothing against autistic people, as I will come to explain in a minute. Um, it's just that, in terms of this, it's just a, a, a way of me um, breaking down this, this, this description, this example. But what he explained was, because we are in in the inverted commas, um, normal people, you know, mainstream people, we can comprehend things um, more able than, say, sometimes an aut- autistic person. You know, they, they're different, but they don't know any better. So to them, that's still normal. But we consider normal because we are able-bodied to some degree, you know, we're able-minded. And it went on to say that even though we consider ourselves normal, we in ourselves are autistic as well and um, what I mean by that what I mean of what the article was saying is that we have our own individualness our own little ticks and our little quirks and our little ways of doing things our own interests and it's, it's the same thing with people with autism you know I, I knew someone who was fascinated by numbers and you know he, he would get so enthusiastic and so happy about numbers because that was his interest you know and it's we all have our interest you know I like writing I never used to but it's, it's come like a, a, a natural thing for me now which I, I feel for into and I like drawing is that you know that's a quirk I, I can lose myself in drawings and writing when when my mind allows me to of course but you know you get into the, all your interests and you really get into them and then you get pissed off that you know you can't carry on with it more than you know you're able to and it sort of throws you out of balance at the time you come back into it because you've lost that rhythm you know and it's as those escapism moments that you know um we we have you know with little, little sessions for us but that's always for someone with autism and this is what the article was sort of saying that you know even though we look at ourselves individually with our own quirks and our own interests we have a sense of autism in us because of that but we are more again for the description purposes able to understand that and then sort of divert to do other things where the need arises and it just got me. It just got me really interested in the fact that, you know, um, my mum, when I was really younger, because you know, I used to play a lot uh, back when I was in infant school, and I used to sort of follow the teachers' instructions and do what that school wanted me to do because I was just so immersed in wanting to play. And the teachers actually went to my mum and said whether I was autistic. And my mum always said to her, uh, the teachers, "No, he just he just likes to do his own thing. You know, he, he just wants to explore and." you know, and such and such, which, as all kids do. But perhaps, to some degree, if if looking at it based on this article, yes, possibly I am slightly 
autistic in, in just the smile in, in just one root of my brain you know one one bit white is wired up like that you know it's i don't feel that like i'm overly autistic that makes sense you know i like my routines and i have a well i mean i have a love hate uh, thing with routines but you know we all like routines they keep us in check we all like our interests we like like to immerse ourselves in them and we all have our, our own ways of doing things that's great but that's you know is that does that define us as having autistic traits possibly yes and I feel that going back to what I said uh, in my previous um, podcast, which I, I believe I said this, is that, um, you know, I, I, when I do something, I like to give it 110%, you know, I'll always give it my best. But I can all, all only do it in short doses because it just, everything just overpowers my brain eventually. You know, and I just think, oh, I've, I've lost interest in it. And, you know, I've lost that enthusiasm. And I need to sort of come back and do something else again, go back and get that enthusiasm again. You know, I just can't do things day in, day out, forever and ever because it just muddles my mind, you know, and I just kind of think, oh, you know, I, I've lost that passion. You know, and it's, um, that's that's sort of the way I'm going now in terms of my career is it gives me a chance to have those downtimes and I get to spend some time writing. You know, I'm, I'm writing uh, a novel at the moment, which is quite in depth. So it does be- require quite a bit of thinking time for me because I've got to think about how I'm going to write it. Then I've got to um, obviously changing as you go along and then you redraft things as you go along. And, you know, you need to keep coming back and forth. And you need to keep yourself in that mindset. And it's hard to do if you're constantly trying to do something else and think about something else as well, because, you, you, you know, you just mess your, mess your own mind up. And it's, you know, uh, that motion of, you know, do some work, do something you need to do, do some work, is that, I've always wondered, wondered this quite recently, is that a product of, my um, ongoing journey with mental health, you know, my depressive episodes, you know, just the way my mind has changed itself over the years, you know, or is this a construct that's always been there to some degree because of this maybe autistic trait in me that's just more dominant now as I've gotten older and it's more noticeable because... I don't know, things have, my, my mind has rewired itself in different ways, perhaps, because of my experiences. And it's just, this side of me is more dominant now than it used to be. Now, I haven't got the answers, you know, I'm just uh, talking about this in, in terms of um, a topic that I thought was interesting at the time because it was nothing I had considered in myself. But, Working with autistic people, I noticed in myself that I do things almost the same, but then I say, "Oh, it's just it's just my characteristics." You know, I my dad's kind of the same. You know, on the dinner table when I've uh, been at my parents for dinner, is that he'll move certain things on the table so they're symmetrical. Like he'll move the dinner plates, or he'll move the salt and peppers to you know to sort of have some sort of symmetry kind of thing going on you know it's really odd but I've just never brought it up to anyone or well, my mum's noticed it but 
I've never queried, over-queried it because it's just a trait that my dad has, you know. And I've noticed I do things that are individual to me and unique to me. But I've noticed that in autistic people that they do things similar. And I'm, it's just one of those things that you just sort of click sometimes. You think, ah, oh, hang on, that you do that, but you're noticed as autistic. But I do that as well. But I'm noticed more as able-bodied, you know, able-minded. And it's just one of those things that you think, is there some sort of autistic trait in all of us in terms of our uniqueness and how we do things? And we get frustrated when things don't go the way we need to do things because it's our way of functioning, it's our way of understanding. And yes, possibly, you know, it's, it's, I, I, again, I, I'm not a scientist, I don't hold the answers to this, but it was just something that was, um, I noticed and it's something I continue to notice about myself and I'll try and always be aware of this as I do things just so, you know, um, I'm trying to keep myself able uh, as much as I can without sort of just crashing, you know, and I've got some sort of understanding about why things are happening this way and, you know, and um, yeah, it's just, um, it's, it's an interesting topic. I mean, if you, if you are listening to this, just, I suppose, just have a think about what the ways you do things, you know, does it annoy you that, you know, you can do things one way or can you do things another way? And it doesn't, it doesn't affect you in the same way. You know, what, what things, um, you know, you, do you have to do your way? You know, you, you just have to do it because it, you know, you just get frustrated otherwise because if saying done differently and, you know, whether that, and just think whether that is an sort of autistic wiring up in, in your brain. It's, you know, it's just, um, it's just an interesting topic and I'm just going to waffle on if I carry on now. So, yeah, so, um, I'm going to leave it there for this podcast, but, um, hopefully, um, I will be meeting up with, uh, some other people, um, to do some things in the, in the near future. So I will keep you posted um, with that. Um, but until then, I shall see you next time.